It's season six, everyone. I'm so excited for this season. I cannot tell you. We have eight brand new episodes for you. If you're a Patreon member, you're going to get all of those episodes today. You can binge them whenever you want. And for everybody else, we're going to drop them every single week on a Saturday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. That will be 8 p.m. UK time. A huge thank you to our sponsor, Vicon, and also to BookVO PCAP and Motion Capture Orlando, who support the show. We hope you enjoy it. Let's get into the season. Oh, hello, Internet. This is Troy Baker, and I'm here with your lovely, very, very British host, Victoria Atkin. And this is the Performance Capture Podcast. So essentially, motion capture performers, like all the other performers, are here to tell stories. <laughs> and then they're like, you mean there, there are actors in video games? I thought it was animation. I kind of created my position. Like nobody said, oh, you know, here you go to school to become a performance capture producer. I pretty much created my own career. Jump in both feet, because this is the future of entertainment. This is where it's going to be. You know, the dots can tell if you're lying. Uh, hey everyone, you're listening to the Performance Capture Podcast with me, Victoria Atkin, and the wonderful Jasper Cartwright. And Hello. we're in season six, season six. Woo. And I'm again, I, I feel like I say this every time, but I am, I'm always excited about our guest, but I'm really excited about this guy because I got to know him really well doing a fun shoot together that we can't even talk about. But anyway, um, <laughs> maybe we can when this comes out. But right. um I would, yeah, I'm just excited that you're here. So can you please tell me, what's your name and where did you grow up? My name is Johnny Alexander and I grew up in Chicago, Illinois. Amazing. And can you tell us what it is you do, your title, as it were, and where you work? Oh, well, I'm an actor, but I'm also a motion capture performance artist. Um. And I work a little bit of everywhere. I recently worked on the Avatar sequels 2 and 3. I've also worked on Spider-Man in the video game worlds. I worked on Grand Theft Auto. So I have a little experience. It's really exciting. And you, do, you, do you do the other side of things? With I know with our job, you did some stunt coordinating. Do you do yeah, that in the motion also, capture I stuff? I do stunts too. Uh, me growing up, my parents put me in every sport possible. So... Mm. Going over to stunts was kind of easy for me in another route in this industry where my athletic skills helped me perform in the stunt world. Mm -hmm. nice. Yeah, I hear you. That that helped. I didn't when I hit the world of motion capture, I didn't realize how that sporty background as a kid and everything oh, yeah. would oh. just just help seamlessly. Um, so this is, I think, my favorite question of this show is: How would you best describe performance capture? Oh, that's a great question. Um, performance capture, I, I feel like it's just the same as if we were on stage in theater, if we're doing a TV show. But the, the big difference is now I got balls on me and you got dots <laughs> on your face and a camera in your face. You know, mm -hmm. that's like for me, that's the biggest difference. And, and maybe we have to use a little more imagination because instead of maybe holding a rifle as a soldier, I'm holding a PVC pipe. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I feel like in the performance capture world, you have to use a lot more imagination and sense memory and whatever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And how did you told us a little bit about your um your credits and things, and we'll get a little bit more into that in a bit. But um, how did you discover performance capture? Like, what was the first project? How did you become involved in that? The first project was uh, Grand Theft Auto, and so also I'll tell you about my other job. I do. I'm a personal trainer. 
And that's like, for me, you know, everyone in LA might have that survival job. For me, mm -hmm. fitness, that was my survival job. Mm -hmm. So I'm lucky to have clients, high-end clients that were maybe producers on these shows or visual effects artists, and they knew what I was doing in my career. And it wasn't one of those things like, oh, I can just put your name in. They had to know that I was good and I had talent mm -hmm. and I was reliable because them putting their name out for me is a reflection of them if I'm bad. Yeah. So one of the first jobs, I just had a, uh, I knew a person that was in the video game world and he's like, hey, they're doing this gig for Grand Theft Auto. I think you might do well in it. It's very simple because you're, you're new to mocap. It's uh, just to play a cop role. It's just moving around, interacting with other actors because you have an acting background. So that should go nice for you. And then from there, I did my first game. I think it was San Andreas. And you actually see me as a, a oh, character in one of the state cool. troopers. So it's actually my face and everything. So then that's why I got my first little taste of mocap. And I'm like, wow, this, this world is so different. There's I'm in this all black suit with these markers on. And mm. there's no police car here, but I'm a police officer. And it's like, you just have to take the imagination just to the next level. And it's like, okay, I can dig this, you know? And that's what then mm. led to uh, working on Spider-Man, the video game for PlayStation. It's just, they kept picking up from there. So do you know that's my great. friend Yuri? Do you know Yuri? Yuri? I possibly know Yuri. I met a lot uh, working on... Well, Yuri's Sp Spider-Man. Yeah, there was... <laughs> but there's a probably day, a few he wasn't different. There. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there was so many people on that video game because... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I remember I came in just as a a bad guy, but then I was a pedestrian later that day, and it was just so yep. many different things. It wasn't, that week wasn't about Spider-Man, it was about the world around him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. we're just creating every other person in that world, and it's mm -hmm. still making it true to, you know, the acting portion, too. Mm. I think this is good, I, I don't know if you've got, yeah, go on, go on, I was going to ask no, a question gonna, too. I, I, had a, I had a quick question just about uh, playing, you know, taking uh, sort of your starting game in GTA, and then taking that into uh, something like Spider Man, which is obviously a lot more linear as a game. Do you, how did that feel from an acting perspective, taking something so kind of open world and, and kind of huge and sprawling in, in, in GTA versus sort of maybe something that's a bit more like narratively, it's a bit more linear, uh, like Spider Man? Like, did you notice a difference just in the way you approached it acting wise, or did it feel, you know, did it actually feel pr probably the same, even though they feel like very different? Uh, no, that that, that is a uh, no. That's a great question, and uh, I remember one of the days they're like, "Okay, I want you to come in. This is simple. You're at a park. You're gonna play chess with this other person. Then right where you're done, repeat the moves and repeat your lines and repeat everything." So they wanted to create a circle so they could just mm. keep that in the gameplay. So I was like, "Okay, that's different," but I still had to bring the same performance each time because they wanted to mm. match up. Unless they told me something different, I was like, "Oh, this cool. is a new aspect of it." Versus just like, yeah. you do your acting, all right, cut, let's reset. No, it's like, all right, do it again. Do it again, because we want to circle it in the game for the non-playable characters. That's actually really interesting, because I think that's a really uh, fun insight into how they make the world feel so kind of like always active and always kind of like, there's always little little moments happening here, there, and everywhere. And I think, yeah, I didn't, I never thought, I always thought that it'd probably just be like, oh, they just play it on a loop. But the, I love the fact they actually got you in the volumes. They're like, no, no, can you do that three times in a row for us? And then we'll loop yes, that. 100%. So that was yeah. that was one of the big differences for me. But it, I don't know, I just started to love it. I was like, oh, this is very fun. And this is mm -hmm. another outlet for me, another way for me to 
know people, network, and just get my work out there and still perform. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I want to talk a little bit about NPCs because we haven't talked that much about it on the show. And I do think that it is definitely some a place where people start, but it, even as a lead, you end up playing NPCs where you can as well in games. And I love that about performance capture that there's not this ultimate hierarchy that you do have sometimes in TV and film on the big shoots and things like that. You know, it's very much a collaboration and when people can jump in and do things, mm. uh, it it, mm. it seems it seems that way. And I do like that it is a it's an easier way of of starting when you get to build help, like you say, build the world. And it's so important without mm. all of these non-playable characters and this world building, we don't have a game. So, right. you know, I just want to shout out to to all the all the people that do play regular NPCs that that is incredible and it's it's super helpful to build games and build worlds and you know they're the, um, they're the life and soul of the game like you know some of the fun parts as, as well as when you're playing veteran. like oh look yeah at that, yeah you know? absolutely but like it, you know you can really tell for me you know even just in terms of like production value when you know when someone's really taken that time and effort to you know like nail all of these npcs like really give them a life give them a backstory give them you know put something in there and that that is just as much on the actor or as the writer as the you know the animators that go in afterwards you know to really make the world feel like it's living and breathing i think it's absolutely essential like the the, and the director's focus as well i I think like tom keegan with when we did forspoken like all of those characters we you know, I was very much part of building that that world from rehearsal to the stage, and then played multiple characters that, um, mm. you know, were were civilians, were people mm. in Athia, mm. and it was so fun. I was like, some of the stuff didn't make it in, but we did a lot of improv, a lot yes. of like play yeah. around that, you know, pretending to carry chickens and different <laughs> different things. It was I was just so fun. Like, and I remember in Syndicate, I played a little stowaway child you know that yeah. was on the car and i when i went through the game i mean i didn't play it but when i was watching the gameplay to look for those characters uh, was mm. kind of like easter eggs so oh, yeah. yeah it's fun yeah. um so you know you mentioned and we'd love to hear obviously about avatar as well um and uh, again we've had uh, neil watson on the show who is as we know an extreme talent um, but we would love to hear your experience. Like, your, one of your favorite experiences on the mocap stage, whether that's Avatar, maybe that's something else. But um, I'm going to guess it might be Avatar. <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> what are your favorite experiences? I, I spent. I think I started Avatar 2017, and as today is still an ongoing project. We're still mm-hmm. working on finishing wow. parts of three. So. Uh, I like my experience went from like, oh yeah, I dabbled in mocap to like. <sighs> I'm my mocap every yes every <laughs> yeah. every single day, and it was just an adventure. It was a journey, and it helped me grow as a performer. Working for Jim uh, Cameron, he brings the best out of you, and and if you don't bring it, he will let you know. And and it doesn't matter if you're like a small character in the background to a leading character, he's going to let you know, like, hey, that's that's not believable. This character mm-hmm. probably wouldn't do this. Let's try it this way. 
and you're thinking like, well, I'm like 40 feet background. What does it matter for him? It matters. Every yeah. single performance matters from the child, from the person fishing over there. Everything has to be real. So there's things where we would just research just uh, basket weaving because we're playing villagers. And then mm -hmm. one day it's, all right, you're going to play a character. Here are your lines. Work with the dialect coach. And then you're on it. So I think one of, for me, one of my favorite days was there was a new character being introduced and I had to audition for it. Jim wanted me to audition for it right on the spot, on stage. He takes me over. He's like, all right, Johnny, we've got this character. Uh, I want you to read, read for him. Here you go. Here's the script. I'm like, now? <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like, okay. All right. So I looked over a dialogue. Uh, did it a couple of times. He's like, okay, yeah, let's try it this way. I was like, okay. All right, you're going to play this character. And then we did the scene five minutes later. And this is like a pivotal character that's going to wow. be in the third movie. So I, that was part for me, one of my best memories. Because with Jim, if he sees you're working, he's going to give you opportunities. He's very loyal. Mm. And a lot of people say that he's tough to work with. I, I say he's very passionate about his work. So if it's not like he might be speaking in a certain tone. That's because he wants to make the project the best he can, and he's bringing his passion to it. So he wants you to bring your passion to it. Mm -hmm. so yeah. I think that was Amazing. one of my favorite what gift. memories. What gift. I hope I yeah, get that's... the opportunity and to I think, Honestly, as well, it's sort of one of those things where I've, I've often had this where when I work on certain acting projects and maybe you know, my, my co-stars, whatever might say like, oh, I feel like the director's like kind of quite harsh or whatever. And I'm like, I think you're just misinterpreting what is like directness. I think that, you know, you can go through a lot of your acting career without people being necessarily like direct with you about, you know, like, like how a scene is working. And they, you know, we use a lot of kind of like language of like, oh, well, you know, trying to be supportive and I'm, which is really, really important. But I think just there is some, there's so much value in just being able to get a really direct and fruitful note of just like, this isn't working. Here's what's not working. Here's what I'd love you to try and do. And I think that, that right. quite often people can misinterpret that as like, oh, maybe, maybe I, I'm doing a bad job or whatever. And I like, I always love it when, you know, you get a director that's just like, hey, listen, that wasn't it. But let me tell you, we're going to get there. Don't worry. We're going to get there. Uh, right. I think that makes a big difference for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, that, I mean, what, what experience I can't wait to see that, like, mm -hmm. when it comes to fruition. Um, what advice would you give people listening that, that want to get into a similar field that, you know, that want to start out in performance capture as an actor or want to, you know, do motion capture or stunt, you, stunt coordinating? You want to talk a little bit about that as well, some of your experiences doing that? Yeah, I think, well, for the advice, I think work at your craft constantly work at your craft because then when opportunity presents itself you're going to be ready because as you're constantly working on your craft you're going to be in positions to show what you're made of it might be a mo capture uh little group gathering it might be a workshop where you can show what you've been working on and what you can do and those opportunities people see that and if you're not ready they're going to see that you're not ready and then maybe they pass on to someone else so my biggest thing is you have to work on your craft and play the games, watch the gameplay, watch how people are moving, watch, watch behind the scenes. A lot of these movies or video games they have a lot of behind the scenes footage where you can see hmm. the actual mocap team and performers, how they're working. Like, watch that world 
get involved in that world. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that's probably helped me out. And I feel like that can help anyone that's pursuing a career in motion capture, video games, or even acting in movies with motion capture. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah. I'm, um... I'm really glad as well that you said that just about like the idea of like, you know, watching stuff, going to different places to find, you know, information and re like and use that as a resource. Because I think we can, it's so easy to get in our heads of like, I have to go to like an acting class, which I think is endlessly useful and helpful. But like, there's so much more to your craft, you know, the actual uh, content, like that is a part of the craft itself. And if you don't understand that, in in at least in the way that it is made or in in the way that you know and, and start to appreciate some of the techniques and other elements like what an animator has to do or what you know the director has to do i just think it become you know you're kind of you're struggling a little more than than like probably you would need to then if you like you said if you go to all these different places like and be specific right it's like victoria's uh acting classes the you know pcap um uh for for actors it's like it's incredible because it's so specific it really teaches you like those skills that you need for that job that you really want to go and get and so it's like being specific and using different kinds of resources as opposed to just sort of like finding an acting class in your area i think is is really really helpful for sure. and i think i really liked what you said johnny about doing it when you're ready and you know there's mm. the we could talk about that all day long as sometimes you have to just jump into things but um what also coming back to what you said about my classes as well is like that's why now I give people the opportunity to audit so you can see yeah. you can sign up as yeah. an auditor and watch for six weeks and just kind of get a gauge of where people are if you're not ready because it's true you know I have people asking me in the industry like do you know a specific person of a specific ethnicity of specific gender a specific height for this type of project that you could put forward and I often refer people that were in that are in class or were in class with me to have stood out i mean just as a prime example <laughs> signed with my agent and stuff like that yep. but again like it says it comes back to you and it's your reputation too so it's not just also about um the talent but also how you're showing up in the world full stop you know um and how you are at these socials how you are presenting yourself on social media how you are when you do get the opportunity to work with people because it goes a long way um mm. But yeah, nothing, nothing will be being great at your craft. Um, <laughs> nothing. Um, so, how can everybody find you? How can how can we find you on social media? You can find me on social media, Mister Johnny Alexander on Instagram. Um, I don't have TikTok or that other stuff, but yeah, you can find me on IG. Amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm, good. I'm gearing up for the next Spider-Man, so I'm going to go follow you right now, and I'm going to be uh, <laughs> yeah fanboying all over that. Great. I'm, I'm I'm stoked for that game. So yeah, that's very cool. amazing. Well, I'm super happy that you're here, Johnny, and thank you for your time today. And again, thank you, Jasper, for being an incredible co-host. Thanks for having me. And, and uh, thank you, yes. Victoria, for being the best host. So there you go. Hostess with the I I feel like a little <laughs> uh, thorn between yeah, two roses today, but. <laughs> Um, I appreciate you both and uh, yeah okay great cool another great episode thank you this podcast is sponsored by Vicon the academy award winning developer of motion capture products and services for the life science entertainment and engineering industries Shogun, Vicon's visual effects software, developed specifically for the needs of the VFX community, captures performances effortlessly, in real time, and delivers robust, accurate, reliable data. The latest release of Shogun adds support for Valkyrie, Vicon's newest and most powerful range of optical cameras yet. 
Find out more at www.vicon.com. The Performance Capture Podcast also gets its support from Motion Capture Orlando, now offering remote access to direct your shoot from anywhere in the world. To learn more about their 38-camera Vicon stage, go to motioncaptureorlando.com. Whether you're a past, present, or entirely new student to book VOPCAP, during the strike, Victoria is offering a huge 50% off all private coaching sessions with her. Email bookvopcap at gmail.com to schedule your one-to-one session. Plus, her PCAP with the Pro Zoom class has now sold out of participant slots, but you can still audit the six-week course. Book now at bookvopcap.com. As a past student, I cannot recommend this highly enough.